had one client who was spending £8,000 a month on Google Ads who came new to the agency. Like, We're spending £8,000 a month. We've got big budgets. We'd like, like to see some sales. We set up whole call tracking and all the analytics on the back of it. And over the course of six months, we reduced that £8,000 a month spend to £1,000 a month because that was all they should have been spending all along. And they've been spending £8,000 a month for two years. It just because no one, no one actually knew how to do it and no one was actually looking at the result. It's just, it's that waste of spending money in the wrong place or spending money on things that you shouldn't be spent on. And then the money, the, you know, the opportunity cost of the money not being spent on something that would work. So it's people not looking after their marketing, not optimizing their marketing. And that, as you can tell, <laughs> that just really winds me up. Heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them, from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen to the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. The doctor saving lives at your local hospital. The war veteran down the street who risked his lives for our freedom. The police officers and firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur. The creator. The producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. And I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks of the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. That's uh, it's cool. Um, so what I want to talk about next, though, is uh, your common enemy, right? And so this could be framed in a lot of different um, places for your business because you've had a lot of different things over the years. But I think probably the most interesting would be something that you see e-commerce sellers doing regularly. So your common enemy is the thing that your clients fight against. That if you had your magic wand and you could just wave it around and change this mindset or change this action that they're doing and it would just get better, cheaper, faster results for all of your clients immediately. What is that thing that you're constantly banging your head against with the e-commerce sellers that you wish they would just change to improve their lives? It's the lack of optimization. Interesting. How so? Uh, the number of, so what, what I do most often for client side businesses, for e-commerce retailers is to dive into their analytics and their Google ads accounts and so forth and look at where their marketing opportunities are, which includes looking at what they're already doing and how they can improve it. And the number of times I log into a Google ads accounts is the best example, but I log in and They've had ads live for six months and not one change has been made to those adverts in that time span. You are just giving money away. It's such a waste. You, are, you allocated some money, you are spending some money, but you are not trying to make that money be spent well. And the waste of the, of the, the optimization is just appalling. Or they, they've left something on um, for, you know, for months that isn't working for them. We had one client who was spending £8,000 a month on Google ads who came new to the agency. Like, We're spending £8,000 a month. We've got big budgets. We'd like, like to see some sales. And we, we set up whole call tracking and all the analytics on the back of it. And over the course of six months, we reduced that £8,000 a month spend to £1,000 a month because that was all they should have been spending all along. And they've been spending £8,000 a month for two years. Wow. And it just because no one, no one actually knew how to do it and no one was actually looking at the results. And it's... It's just, it's that 
waste of spending money in the wrong place or spending money on things that it shouldn't be spent on and then the money the, you know the opportunity cost of the money not being spent on something that would work so it's people not doing not looking after their marketing not optimizing their marketing and that as you can tell <laughs> that just really winds me up that waste of opportunity so just out of curiosity for that client specifically mm. could they have then after they got to the thousand dollars spend started pushing it back up to eight thousand dollars and had the market share there or were they limited by market share for what they could actually spend efficiently it was limited by market share so so throughout the kind of the six month of cutting it back we've been trying desperately to find something to work because i think they'd originally hired us to do about a thousand pounds a month of optimization work so and what, at the point where the client's spending a thousand pounds on ads and a thousand pounds on you you have to start lowering your fees because that's just not making sense for anybody. So mm -hmm. yeah, we would, we would really, I was really excited to sign them as a client. And as the results started coming in, it was like, Oh guys, can we find any way of making money for them via this platform? And the guy's like, I've tried everything. We've tried everything, but this is where they should be at. Yeah. You know, it was just cool. And they, they stuck around at a lower rate with us, you know, for a couple of years after that, because we'd done the honest thing. We'd done a great job for them, but, um, but yeah, it, it's something I see time and time again is people putting things live and then not optimizing them, which is just, it's just a yeah, sin. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting problem too, because I think it comes from like, that's not their space, right? They're not good at ads. They're not good at, you know, Facebook ads or whatever those things are. So they're like, they, you know, maybe they buy a course or they have someone on their team go through a course and it gets set up and sometimes it gets set up even well, but things change. <laughs> Um, and one of the things I've been curious about, and I'm curious how you handle this, is uh, is we've been talking in our business about um, where 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 we fit in other because we're we're a B two B business, and with B two B businesses offering services, those services can generally either be something that you hire an expert for, or you bring in house and build expertise for yourself, mm -hmm. and um, and depending on your business, sometimes it makes a lot of sense to bring someone in house and hire and train and do the HR and do all the stuff that goes along with that because of either the savings or the, the, the nimble, the, what do you call that? The, the ability to be nimble in the market space. Yep. Um, and sometimes it makes more sense to just bring in a firm who's already done all of that work. And I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on that for, you know, for, for e-commerce businesses or for businesses in general, when does it make sense to bring in and hire an expert internally to, you know, say work on your Google ads. And when does it make sense to bring in someone who's already trained? Cause you're going to have a higher expense generally if you hire an outside firm. Um, but you can also get it, a, a, you know, sort of the immediate work done. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, it's a really good question. And I think there's no, there's no kind of obvious answer to it. I think the fact now we have kind of, halfway between those you know it used to be so when i was running the agency it was a case of either you hired someone or you went to a one-man band consultant um, who would do it for you but then you've got the risk of that person being ill or yeah. overwhelming themselves and there's no kind of scalability to that um, or you go to a you know, and often they'd be the same similar cost to the agency anyway or you go to a big old agency to do it um, but now you've kind of got the the freelancer world, you know, the world of Upwork, the world of you know many different freelancing platforms where you can get someone who's a specialist in just that area who will look after it for you. And I think for many of the smaller businesses where 
yeah, maybe maybe they should be running Facebook ads, but probably their account only needs three hours a week maybe being spent on it. You, you It's not worth going to an agency for an account that small a lot of the time, but to get a mm-hmm. decent freelancer who almost becomes part of your team can be really powerful. Um, but it's and the thing with things like Facebook ads and Google ads is they are complex machines. You have to know what's, if you want to make the absolute most out of it, you have to be in there every day learning about what's new, what's happening, testing things and, and getting used to it. And if you're going out to an agency, you're getting the economies of scale of their learning because mm-hmm. they're in it all day. So they know an awful lot more than you're going to. They're investing in the training because they care about their clients and their clients' performance. And if they're not, then run a mile. Um, Get a different agency. because Yes. Um, and they're also learning about uh, about what's happening on other people's accounts. They're not going to turn around to go you and go, oh, on Rich's account, this just happened. So we're going to do it on yours. But they will probably go, we've seen something very interesting on another account that we think we should try on yours. So you're getting all that extra stuff, which is kind of what you're paying the money for. Um, so I think if you don't need someone full time, then it can be a hugely powerful way of doing it to go out to get an agency to get a freelancer. I think it, it, another thing to bear in mind is, is it something that's core to your business? So if Facebook ads is 80% of your sales, then arguably you should have that in house because that's really important to your business. But if Facebook ads is 5% of your sales, then outsourcing that so you're getting the best possible return from that 5% investment that you can is the best thing to do. And it may be they then prove that actually it should be 50% of your sales, in which case bring it back in. But I think there's a, there's a level of what should be core and what shouldn't be core, which then leads into what sort of things one person can do because it's rare in a business that you've got enough going through that one person can spend their entire week working on it mm-hmm. and often with um often you find that you end up with one person having to do multiple things which don't necessarily speak to the same skill set so google ads is a ones and zeros game Facebook ads is ones and zeros plus copy and imagery, which is quite an impressive mix to get someone who's amazing at all three. And then email marketing is about copy and imagery with a bit of data crunching as well. So normally you'd be looking at at three different personality types to be able to manage those or potentially two people who work together on the Facebook ads. So it can be I, I come across a lot of businesses who are like, yeah, we need a digital marketing exec. What do you want them to do? We want them to do SEO, including keyword research and outreach. And we want them to do Facebook ads and we want them to do Google ads. We want them to do our emails and we really like them to write our content too. And you're like, one so, human being? <laughs> so many different skill sets there. Yeah. And you know, and they want someone fresh out of uni. I'm like, right. So you're going to expect them to learn all of this at the same time. Um, you'd be much better off spending your money on a team of freelancers. So um, long-winded answer to your question. No, I think, I think it's probably one of the more important questions, especially as businesses grow, is learning where you need to bring people in and where you need to bring people, you know, bring teams in that are, are going to help you um, with those things. And it's like, I've, I've just been thinking through that with our business and realizing like, you know, when we're putting our customer avatar together for Push Button Podcast, for instance, we're generally looking at um, podcasts who are doing business development, right? Mm-hmm. So like your podcast exists 
to be a revenue stream on its own. And that's not our target market. Our target market is the people who are like, I'm a local chiropractor and I want to add podcasting to become a local celebrity as part of my marketing stack. Yeah. Right? But they don't want to be a podcaster, right? That's right. not, it's not ever going to be core to their business, right? So they're not going to want to learn to master all of the editing and the transcribing and where they need to put it all and all the things they need to do with it because it's not their business. Their business is I'm a chiropractor or their business is I'm whatever it is. got a whole bunch of markets that, that those type of podcasts fit into. And those people are our business um, for that specific question of we can offer the type of thing that they're never going to want to bring in house. Yeah. Right. Cause it's not going to be core to their business. Um, and that makes it, you know, it makes us both sticky and it also makes us a real good value to them. Um, so I think it's a, an important question to think about on both sides when you're putting your products and services together. And, you know, when you're looking to hire for products and services is what's core to your business and what's not, and how do you sort of fit into the marketplace that way? So interesting yeah. discussion very true very but, but it's true it's you you have to think about when you're creating your products as well as when you're deciding what to buy because you know if you're trying to create an outsourced version that's essential to people you know if you were trying to sell your service to people to me it's like well you know when i was starting out it took me four years to break even mm-hmm. on the costs let alone my time so it's like well why would you know i'm not getting any sales from the podcast it's great for branding but it's not it's not directly bringing me sales because i've got nothing i want to sell via it so it's like it would be crazy for me to outsource to you because that just wouldn't make sense in my business model so yeah you yeah. you have to work out who the target market is and if you and how your product fits with them yeah yeah and it's interesting because the couple of people who the the couple of test clients we brought on for that service absolutely love it because it fits in. It's like, Hey, you know, I, mm-hmm. I did have someone in house who is one of my high levels employees that should be working on these core things, in my business, spending all this time on our podcast, which is costing them money, right? Yeah. Costing them money and opportunity costs. And like when they can bring that person back to doing what they should be doing and just take the podcast off of their plate. Um, mm. It's a, it's a win-win for them. Um, a, so a fixed it, cost for what will be a higher quality end product mm, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so it, when you find, and it's, it's, it's a, it's really cool because that, like that whole discussion lets you really nail down who your customer is um, when you're on the, when you're looking at it from, you know, the, uh, the creating a service side. Um, and it's just interesting how like you have to have the same discussion when you're looking to buy, right? Do I, mm-hmm. do I bring this in house? Is it core to my business? Is it worth bringing in house? Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times it's cheaper to bring it in house, but it's not going to be a better product. Um, so yeah and it's also about finding the right solution for you you know mm-hmm. so if you're a brand spending i don't know 100,000 a month on facebook ads the a freelancer off upwork is probably not your best option mm-hmm. um but you may have gone past the point where you want it in house where you want it with an agency who've got a better ear with facebook than you've got for mm-hmm. example whereas if you're doing a you know if you're doing um occasional product launches via Facebook ads, you know, so I use Facebook ads probably six times a year for two or two to five days at a time. You know, for me, a freelancer would be perfect, but an agency wouldn't because they want that monthly, they want the monthly ongoing billing. So it's, yeah, yeah, it, it's but the right. You're, you're spending a hundred grand a month. You want someone who knows what they're doing <laughs> and is, and, you know, got all the latest stuff going on. Yeah. So you want someone who's, who's you know, on the, uh, whatever the beta programs are and got access to all of that and who has a direct line to Facebook when something goes wrong, yeah. which, you know, you have to be spending that kind of money to get it. The rest of us 
can only dream <laughs> <laughs> us plebeians no i was actually yeah. really excited uh one of my uh because I work with a couple of clients in the e-commerce space, um, which is not my main business. It's just something, you know, long-term client mm-hmm. we work, work there. Um, we were doing enough business with Google that Google called us up and we're like, hey, we've qualified you for a bunch of these beta programs because we want someone like your account to test them out. I was like, hey, that's cool. So <laughs> it's always it nice when you hit very cool level that, that you get to get access to the beta stuff that no one else can use because there's generally opportunity for a little while before it starts mm-hmm. hitting the open market. Yeah, and huge opportunity sometimes yeah. um, if you're able to capitalize on it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I want to move the interview forward a little bit mm-hmm. and um, and flip that over, right? So just like the, uh, you know, if you're common enemy, it's something that you fight against and you're talking about optimization, your driving force is something that you fight for, right? So just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information, what is it that you guys fight for with the uh, e-commerce master plan? Um, it's about helping people to solve their own marketing problems really it's about giving them the tool set so they're able to make the right decision on the agency or the right decision about what marketing they're doing and to be able to do that testing and optimizing themselves um, is really what what I'm here to try and do so just in that Mm -hmm. do you find that the people who want to sort of have that kind of control tend to be smaller businesses or does it go all the way up into the large scale um, retailers that are really interested in learning how to bring some of that stuff in-house it's really interesting i write everything and i create everything with the aim of putting it in front of businesses who are doing i don't know fifty thousand to half a million a year so the smaller guys where mm-hmm. the where the owner is still very involved in everything that's going on and i know a lot of those people listen to the podcast um and they tend to be the ones who get in contact with the really lovely messages but i also know that it's listened to by some of the largest retailers in the world <laughs> so um and i know you know the books get read by people who are working for you know top 100 retailers in the uk and the us and they find them invaluable and I think that's partly down to, uh, I suppose ego is probably the best way to say it, because often the biggest companies are still making the same mistakes as the smaller guys. It's just in a different way they're making those, those they're struggling with the same problems. So I find it gets well received by everybody, but I create it with the, with the, with the, uh, the 50 to, to 500k person in mind. What's funny about that is uh, I have the same sort of thing going on. I do some teaching on how to build business systems mm-hmm. and um, doing some research and talking to clients all across the spectrum from small people who are like their one man shops to bigger teams that are doing multiple millions a year in revenue. Um, you realize that from a system and process standpoint, um, even the big, big guys have the same problems as everyone else do. Not, not a lot of people really understand how you build a system. Um, or even how you speak about a system well. Um, and it's like, we, we tend to think that like, you know, in that, in that sphere that if you've hit a certain level of employees, you're like on McDonald's level, right? Everyone mm-hmm. understands systems as well as that. But the real, reality is, is most businesses, they run on poorly managed chaos. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's, it's not, not, that it, not even that that's a bad thing because a lot of like most business that's done today is a bit chaotic. Right. And they don't have, you know, perfect, great systems in place. It's just a, so you can succeed without it. Um, but it's amazing how, how much more efficient a lot of businesses would be if they really learned how to streamline their systems and processes all the way through. And I assume you have similar kind of things you see in e-commerce that 
you know, it doesn't matter if you're big or small, you run into the same problems. Um, and because it's not their, not their area. Um, I'm going to move on and talk a little about your, uh, your hero's tool belt. We, this is our, our practical section of the show, right? Okay. Um, so, you know, maybe you've got a big magical hammer like Thor or bulletproof vest like your neighborhood police officer, or maybe you just really love how Evernote helps you organize your thoughts. What I'm interested in is tools that you couldn't live without to run your business nowadays that you have come to rely on for, you know, either customer delivery or getting your product to market, stuff like that. Oh man, so many of them. Uh, okay. So streak for Gmail. That and what is, does that do? I've never heard of that. Um, it's, it's the best kind of, uh, so you know, on Gmail, you can do templated emails. Mm-hmm. So you, it's really easy to send the same email to a whole load of people, but one-on-one. Um, streak has a much better system for doing that. And it has a lot of kind of delay send pieces to it and and pause this and so it just makes email inbox management a lot better and when i'm doing kind of big projects that involve a lot of outreach you know one-on-one this is happening can you promote it this is happening can you promote it it saves me a huge amount of time um so streak for gmail is definitely one i'm writing that one down because i feel like i need that yeah it's good it's good the one problem is i can't get the templates to work uh, they call them snippets, but I can't get the snippets to work on mobile or tablet, uh, which is driving me insane. <laughs> so I may be finding an alternative one day soon. Um, book like a boss. I couldn't live without. That's my scheduling tool for, um, you know, click and it's a Calendly type of thing, but it's a, it's a different one. It's got, um, it does takes payments as well as doing, uh, doing free bookings. I have so many booking links. It's, it's crazy just trying to manage the diary. Um, Social B we use for scheduling our social media. That's that's really cool. And relay that is my favorite graphics tool at the moment. Um, which and what do they do? Is, so it's it's a really it's basically a whole load like a whole load of templates that you can tweak to match your brand colors and your brand fonts, and you can put your images in, and it enables all the the social media graphics we create and other graphics we create to look like we've got really amazing brand guidelines that we're sticking to and make it all look really spot on whilst basically um you know a child could do it it's amazing <laughs> amazing That's wonderful yeah i'll have to check that out too um but it's it's interesting to me that uh um you mentioned the uh, book like a boss and mm-hmm. the only reason I, I bring that up is because we ask this question on every show and we're like 90 episodes in now. Um, and probably 90% of our guests mention some form of calendar, yeah. um, whether it's appointment setting or just their calendar for their to-dos and stuff like that for, for running a business um, that we sort of live and die by our calendars. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything that helps us manage our calendars more is a, is a huge win. Yeah, I still find it amazing that um, that because you know I kind of I exist in in what I would say is our world, Richard, the, like the world of the the entrepreneur, the info marketer, the podcaster, um, and so I'm very used to calendar booking links and all this kind of stuff. But you know, I spend a lot of 
like the other half of my world is talking to retailers and even the supplier side, the big SaaS companies that were retailers, the number of them who even now send me an email after I send them a booking link going, oh my God, that was so easy. I can't, how, that's amazing. How do you, oh wow. You know, and they just think this stuff is, you know, I was talking to someone yesterday about, about the graphic, you know, the graphic elements we use through Relay that. And um, they were like, yeah, I just, I just wish my graphics could look as consistent and as good as yours. But, you know, we just don't have the, have the money to spend on a graphic designer. I'm like, ha, 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 ha. if only you knew. We don't <laughs> well, we either. We how easy it was, right? Yeah, it's, and- it's, it's the same thing with the calendar links. It's, you know, it's just so easy to, to manage things if people have got that link. Um, it's a no-brainer for me, and, and I, I absolutely love them. And Book Like a Boss is my current favorite. Yeah, yeah. We've, uh, um, I've used a bunch of them, you know, you can book me and Calendly and what's the, the, uh, the big one, uh, schedule once. Yeah. Use that. Um, we're, yeah. we're currently using one, um, that's built on our WordPress backend, um, called simply schedule appointments because it has some really cool API stuff we can do with it. Um, that lets us, uh, you know, when someone books on our, for our podcasters specifically, when someone books a, a, our show, it actually creates the, um, it creates all those resources we need. Like um, it creates our folder in Google Drive for their episodes. It creates the Trello cards on our project management system and, you know, sets up all the notification stuff all sort of from one one booking request, um, which, I mean, it didn't, it didn't change a lot from like what actually gets done. It just made it so that like, I don't have a person who's doing it anymore. So it happens consistently and, you know, it saves 20 minutes of a booking from my staff, um, which, you know, adds up to a lot over time. So you've just given me something to waste tomorrow. <laughs> that's that's going to be my big distraction for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That well, if you want, if you want to, uh, if you want a, uh, an exploration of what we're doing, I can show you later after we hop off the, uh, the interview. Oh, very cool. <laughs> I will almost certainly take you up on that. Absolutely. So only a couple more questions here. Next one is your own personal heroes. Just like Frodo had Gandalf, Luke had Obi-Wan, Robert Kiyosaki had his wretched dad. Who are some of your heroes um, in building your business? Were they real life mentors, speakers or authors, peers who are just a couple of years ahead of you? And how important were they to what you've accomplished so far with your brand? Heroes is such a tricky one because I don't, I don't really, I would say I never have heroes, but there have been people who've been very influential um, in my career. So people who, who have been, um, my boss most of the time, actually, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I had no a boss names a hero that. Of mine. Yeah, it's like like no names that anyone would recognise. So just just having. It, it, every time it's kind of been someone who changed my worldview a little bit and showed me that that things weren't necessarily as I'd always assumed they were. So. Um, the first would be the couple of people who were who were my boss when I first went from I started my career working for Barclays Bank in their marketing department, which was hideous. Uh, and then, you know, and then I went to work for a retailer, and the couple of people who were who were my boss there just opened up the world of stats and marketing data to me, and that whole wow, I'm actually allowed to know how things perform, and I'm actually allowed to have an impact on things. Whereas at Barclays, we had we were box ticking. Our entire job was basically just box ticking and existing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then the next role after that, the, the, um, the guy I worked for who, who suggested setting up the marketing agency, that was kind of like a, 
you know, he, he was just such a hands-off boss and had such a cool way of looking at things. That really, really helped me too. So it's kind of been that. And yeah, I, I don't have any names so I can share, I'm afraid. That's, that's all right, actually. I'm not, not, I'm not particularly interested in the names as much as I am in... The, the reason I asked the question is something that I've noticed um, consistently with our, our guests and I think is important for our listeners to understand is that everyone always has a hero in their life that helped change them or impact them in some way. And the realization that a lot of those are just normal everyday people who are interacting, right? And you don't realize that it's, you're in that position all the time and you don't know who those people are in your life that 20 years from now they're going to look back and be like you know what i'm so glad that chloe thomas when she was my boss you know mm. talked to me about this because it changed my trajectory of my life right and you may never know that um and and it's it's interesting to me that like i've got i've got a number of people in my life that probably have no idea how big their impact was yeah um but they were willing to invest in me um or to help me in some way um, and, you know, really either course correct me or just change, change who, you know, change who I ultimately became and they'll never know. And I like, the, I like people to have that in mind when they're living their life that you don't know who those people are for you. Um, and, and there's, uh, there are probably, there are some people who will have had like maybe a conversation with me that shifted my worldview that, that directly led to where I am now, who I can't even remember where, when, or who they were, you mm -hmm. know, but they still had that, that huge impact on people. And I think that's a, it's kind of a wonderful thing. Yeah. yeah, And it's kind of a cool thing to just be aware of because it makes you realize that like, Hey, I should probably not be careless with what I say and how I say it to anyone because you don't know how so that big sounds like an awful lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it is. It is a little, it is a bit of pressure. Um, but it was uh, one of the things that one of my mentors growing up said to me was, uh, um, is to, to, I'm going to see if I can remember exactly how he said it, but it was um, live in such a way that you are um, essentially, you're not ever going to be the negative in someone's life. Right. Oh, the one that they look nice. back on. Right. And it's, and it's, it's just, it's just making sure there's a little bit of intentionality in everything that you're doing. You're just not being careless with the people who are around you. Um, and anyways, I, I've always found that, uh, that fascinating that, uh, you know, it's like that whole butterfly wing thing, right? Butterfly mm -hmm. flaps his wing here and changes the world over there. You never know how your, your actions impact others. So just, you know, be good. <laughs> <laughs> so my uh, my last question for you is uh, is about your guiding principles um, and what you know just top one or two sort of guiding principles or actions that you put regularly into practice that you think contribute to the amount of success that you've had with your uh, e-commerce master plan podcast and the brand there. Uh, get enough sleep. I am I am not a wake up at five a.m. and do twenty things before I have breakfast person. Um, I, I love to get enough sleep and if I get my sleep, the world is a wonderful place. And if I don't get my sleep, oh man, it's hard work. The day is just hard work. So, so get my sleep would be kind of the first one. Um, the second one would be protecting my energy levels. So I try and make sure, um, you know, I have a couple, certainly a day and certainly what, at least one full day in the office each week with no meetings and ideally two. Um, and I try and keep my mornings free of meetings because that way, one, I've got the time to actually do some work, um, but also it means I can protect my 
energy levels throughout the week. So when it gets to the weekend, I actually want to see some of my friends and have a laugh. Um, restricting the time I work would be another one. So I 90% of the time, no, 99% of the time, I don't work weekends. I used to, but then I realized that what I was doing was I was saving up tasks for Saturday. <laughs> you know, I don't know why, but that's what I was doing. So now I try and, or, or I force myself to not work weekends um, in order to make sure I'm prioritizing. Because I found, you know, you can read as many books as you want about learning how to say no to things. But unless I put that time constraint around me, then um, I would just keep on working. And when I first set myself the rule of not working weekends, my whole world got more profitable, more enjoyable and everything else. So uh, um, that's, that is probably the most amazing thing that you've said so far, just because <laughs> like, it's such a powerful thing. And a lot of us entrepreneurs, especially in the early years of our business growth, we have this mistaken idea that play and recreation is a reward for work well done. And we haven't yet reached the point where we think we're worthy of that reward. So we'll work forever, right? And you've probably been there, work 60, 70, 80 hours a week and yeah. work every day of the week. Um, and when I remember when I sort of made that realization that I was working too much um, and restricted it. And I did, I like, I went hardcore. It was like, I, I don't, unless it's important, um, Fridays are free of meetings. I'll occasionally do some work on them, but I don't work on Saturday, Sunday at all. And like a lot of times my clients will call me and I'd be like, yeah, I'll call you back on Monday. Like, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm just, I'm not doing it. Um, yeah, I, I actually have, um, I have two mobile phones and every, so I have a work mobile and I have a life mobile. And every night when I leave this office, the work mobile gets put on airplane mode and it gets turned off on the weekends and it gets turned nice. off on holidays. So I am, and, and there's no work stuff on my personal phone not even my email addresses. So I, I am completely cut off from the business and That's I've done idea. that for years. That's and a it's good idea. I haven't, uh, I haven't shut off the email on the weekends, but it's probably something I should, I should worry about at some point. But I do, uh, I do something similar. I have uh, my business number. I have like, I have a Google voice number that lets you have the schedule and it mm -hmm. forwards to my mobile. Um, and then I have my mobile phone number. And like the only people who have my fo mobile phone number are like my family um, and a few, a few choice people. And then everyone else gets my other number, which I call my whore number. I hoard out to everyone. <laughs> so like, if you want it, you can have it. Cause you know, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the landline number for, for my business goes straight to an aunt's phone that I yeah. get emailed and, um, and that's it. And people are like, can I just give you a call? It's like, no, here's my booking link. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's essential for, for sanity and for being, being happy. And there's, there is no award for number of hours worked in life. Mm -hmm. There's only reward for actually what you actually get done. And what I am incredibly good at doing is finding things to do. So I bank more hours, which, you know, which Doesn't leads help. to no value at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm right with you. When I cut my work down, like I, I my average week now is, is um, four to five hours a day, four days a week. Mm -hmm. Um, and my business's output has probably quadrupled in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, so. I'm slowly working my way up to, cause I, I do about 35 hours in a normal week and I spread that across, uh, across the five days, Monday to Friday. And I'm slowly working my way to doing a new 
painful hours cut if that makes sense you know so like yeah. cutting out weekends that was hard that was hardcore for a couple of months after that cutting things back to make sure you know and, and leaving people hanging until monday and that kind of stuff but i'm i'm, I'm working towards a four-day week that's my next yeah. goal is taking it it's down good. to a four-day week it's good you should do it it doesn't happen all the time but every once in a while you know every every couple of weeks we have four-day weeks most of the time yeah. um it's really cool and then the other thing that's interesting too is uh what it actually does to your creativity is because creativity thrives with restriction, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, you know, they got all sorts of studies that prove that. Um, and one of my favorites is uh, they have the, uh, the kids playing on the playground and like they have the, the little paved background, the, you know, the back thing and they don't have a fence up. The kids will only play in the paved area. But when you, you know, you fence in the grass area all the way around and they'll suddenly start playing out all the way to the fences. Um, and a lot of it has to do with, uh, with boundaries and mm -hmm. our minds actually perform better when you give them clear boundaries. Mm. Right? Um, so when you say, Hey, I've got all of this work to get done and I've got unlimited time to do it. Your mind doesn't work on how do I get it done now? Right. How do I, how do I fit it into the time constraints I have? But when you start giving yourself constraints, like the amount of time you have to work on it, you'll suddenly start finding ways to get it done. Um, and you know, it opens up that creativity. Right? And creativity always thrives with restriction, with boundaries. Oh, I love that example with this fence. Very yeah. cool. So clear really as well. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So that basically, that's it for our interview. Um, I do have one last thing I do on every show, um, which mm -hmm. is pretty cool. Let's call it the Heroes Challenge. The Heroes Challenge is simple. Um, basically this, do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial journey or a story um, who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come share their story on our show here? Oh, man. The first person who's coming to mind is a lady who is the polar opposite of me in terms of introvert energy. He's called uh, Rachel Jacobs, who is a force of energy who is but she's she's managed to get to a four-day week and which i haven't and she's recently set up a very cool business called e-commerce partnerships where she's helping uh agencies and SaaS businesses in the e-commerce space to run their businesses better um, and she came she came to that off the back of working and growing a very successful uh, shopify agency That's and awesome. she is very very cool irish lady who is in the process of moving to gran canaria if i've got the island right but yeah she's brilliant that's cool yeah so we'll reach out later and see if we can get her on the show as well last thing is mm -hmm. uh, again thank you so much for being on the show chloe really appreciate it where can people find you if they want to pick up your books or listen to your podcast or you know learn from you where can they find you and more importantly who are the right types of people to reach out and really benefit from your information Oh, okay. Um, anyone running their own e-commerce store who are driving sales from a uh, consumer side is most of what I do, although I have I do dabble in the world of business sales too. Uh, so if you've got a Shopify site, Magento site, WooCommerce site, um, that is my audience. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, all the usual places. You can find the books on Amazon and Audible. So they're all available as ebook. Uh, paperback and uh, I was going to say Kindle. Kindle is ebook. I mean audiobook. <laughs> so they're it's available. Audible. 
yeah audible would be the one i'm after so yeah you can find uh, find the books across all of those places if you want to get in contact with me uh, head to ecommercemasterplan.com where you can find all my contact details and probably the best way to con connect with me is linkedin or via the forms on the website awesome well, we'll make sure we try and get links to all those things in the uh, show notes for this episode um i think amazon probably has your author link which will have all the books right yeah yeah, yeah or, so or we'll you or you can just do ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash books okay same thing so we'll make sure we get those links in the show notes so if you're listening and you want to check out some of her books we'll make sure they're in the show notes for this episode and chloe you got any uh, final words of wisdom before we hit the uh, stop record button uh keep optimizing keep optimizing that's useful in lots of forms of life anyways thank you so much chloe appreciate having you on thank you it's been a pleasure